And you have a class tonight. Are you ready? Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Amen. That's how you train them up, isn't it? That's yes, wonderful. That that's makes so me wonderful so to happy. hear those scriptures. Yes. You know, when they're 40, 50 years old, that'll still be in them. That's right. Amen. That's good seed we and good had, ground. We had uh, what, what we called the uh, Bible ladies in elementary school, mm -hmm. and they would come and sing and tell it, have the flannel graph. Did anyone school do that other than mine? They had the flannel graph, and they would tell the story, Bible stories. They'd put the little figures up on the flannel graph, and they would teach us to memorize scriptures. And, and I can still remember those, you know. So Amen. So What's good. wider than the ocean, deeper, deeper than, than the sea, stronger than the, the mighty rolling waves. waves, it is the love of Jesus reaching you and me. Lasting for eternity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They so the they played their accordion. Yeah. Yes. So we see. You know, we didn't plan that tonight. So <laughs> it's see, it's in there. It's in there. Tonight is the last night we're going to be doing this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, and I know that uh, uh, you have uh, been. Very, very kind to us and very, very uh, attentive to, to what we've been saying. Uh, we could go on and on, but, uh, you know, I think this is the ninth session, and Glenna and I both think it's probably time to, that we uh, shift, shift gears here a little bit. But we've enjoyed it. Yes, it's we been have. so good, and there's um, a lot of things that uh, could be said. And uh, so this won't be the last time we ever do these kinds of things, and so we're very glad. But this will be the last night. For a while. I was listening to uh, Dr. Lester Summerall uh, teaching the other day, and there was like, uh, you can, s uh, it was YouTube, so you can see all the list of uh, videos that are associated with that series, and there were 42 of them. And uh, so when he came <laughs> to the podium, he said, you know, this is lesson number so-and-so, and open your, he had a syllabus, you know, that he always taught out of. So he said, open your book to whatever page it was. And he said, I hope you live till I'm finished with this. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope that you live till we're finished with this. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, tonight we are going to, uh, I, I want to, I know oh, okay. I'm just going to, Glenna has something to add to last week. But uh, tonight we're, we're going to get into some things that we want to talk about. Your children, the next generation. And so uh, go ahead with, with the tag from last week. Okay. There, like Greg said, there's always things that you think about that you wish you could have talked about or wish you had said. And um, there was uh, one particular thing that I wanted to clear uh, up. You said that ladies know how to pump gas well, they and they can. do yes, yes they do but I wanted to uh, defend your honor <laughs> that he does pump my gas for me when he's around so I wanted to clear that up and uh, I, wanted... I, don't, I don't like to but I do <laughs> <laughs> I mean who likes to pump gas and pay for it too and I wanted to encourage you all that love never 
fails. Amen. It never Amen. does. You know, in every uh, uh, relationship, there always will arise trouble and problems and things that you have to work through. And the Bible commands us to love one another. So love never fails. Always go, take the high road, and always go in the way of love. And uh, then I mentioned one thing about uh, if you're looking for a, a partner, you don't want to look for someone ugly that you want to... Uh, <laughs> That you want to look for someone, you know, there's has to be a, a natural attraction, doesn't there? Uh, and I stick with that. Don't look for somebody ugly. I stick for that. That'll but, come later. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the scripture I was referring to is First Peter three one. You know, where it tells uh, tells you that not only your outward appearance, you know, that, that your fancy hairdo, your fancy clothes, or your gold jewelry, all that stuff, you know, is not all there is to it that you have to have uh, worked on your inside. So that's where I was going with that, because it's so important. Uh, looks do fade, and remember I said, you know, you can nip and you can tuck. But you're going to get old. And also, I wrote a note to ask if you have a number for somebody that can even talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for that number, so you can share that with me. So I needed to get that straight. Well, having said that, I think it's time to pray. Let, let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this night and all that will be said and all that will be ministered. And we believe, Lord, that we have ears to hear. We do want to hear what you're saying to us. We want to get this right, Lord. We know that what we do as a family affects not only the now, but it affects the future and even next generations. So, Lord, we thank you for thank speaking you, to us from the word. In Jesus' you, name, we honor you. Amen. 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 The responsibility Amen. of bringing an everlasting, exist, an ever-existing spirit being into the world is only given by God to humans. Angels don't reproduce. Um, we know that there are animals on the earth reproduce, but they're not spirit beings. And so we, we alone uh, in God's creation have this great privilege to bring children into the world. And for many of us, it's going to be our greatest contribution to the world. We may not make a mark in the political scene and we may not have our name known on, you know, in the, the, the places in the world where people are, uh, you know, recognized. But your next generation can be better because of what you do today. Now, Jason and Dina covered a lot of great things tonight that they did their, their session on children and we asked them to do that because they were certainly they are very well qualified to do that and uh, we wanted to just add on to some things that they were saying because this is so important um, man alone reproduces spirit beings and we are given the responsibility to train up our children and what does that mean really what does that look like well I would suggest to you that we are to train our children so that they can succeed without us being there. 
to do it all for them or to tell them the next step or the next move. Our whole purpose as parents, or let me say it this way, one of our major purposes as parents is to reproduce ourselves better in the next generation. Because sooner or later, we in this generation will be gone. And it's a, an important thing to think about what are we leaving and what's going to happen when we're gone. So there are some things that we, we need to give them. And we're going to go down a list of some things that we want to tell you that every child needs. And as we were meditating on this and thinking about it, we realized that of all these things that we're going to mention tonight, only one of them has to do with money and the things that money can buy. Because Jesus taught us that there are true riches, which means there's no price you can put on what he calls true riches. You can't buy it with money, and you can't earn it with uh, natural works. It's, uh, it's what Jesus called true riches. And so those are the things of the Spirit that are passed on and used to bless people that uh, are worth more than all the money in all the world. And so um, we'll get to our list, but I think you have yeah. something you wanted to say first. Uh, you know, it's important to know that we don't inherit as uh, because your parents were Christians. We don't inherit a relationship with God. Uh, no person or group of people can do that used to, like I said, we went to school, and they taught us biblical things. Well, that's all out the window now. So it's very important that you take serious your job. And uh, in the dictionary, if you look up the word train, it says to mold the character, to instruct by exercise, like doing a drill. You know, they train you in the Army. They do drills. So uh, uh, to instruct by exercise, to drill to make obedient to orders. So they're little, little soldiers in God's army to be trained and uh, taught to obey orders, to prepare for a contest. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, aren't, isn't it? Amen. You know. So we have to train our children that there is a contest. There's someone out there seeking the devourers out there. And so there's a contest. Someone wants to take from you what's rightfully yours. And so you train them and point them in an exact direction. And, you know, the Bible says they have a bent. You know, there's things that are naturally in them. And so those things are what we train them, that we... we um, um, accentuate those things and train them and mold them in the direction that God wants them to go. The scripture that says to train up a child in the way he should go does not say train up in the child in the way you want them to go. That's right. It doesn't say that you try to make them a little a copy of you in every way. It, it, it involves helping them find their place. If you have more than one child, you know that no two children are alike. Right. Even if you have twins, twins are not exactly alike. They may look alike, and people may not always be able to tell which one's which. That doesn't that people that don't know them very well. But 
they are very, very different because we're all unique individuals and unique spiritual beings. And so it's the parent's job. Yes, it is. We can't farm that out. Now, if, if you can get your kids in a great school, a great Christian school, go for it. If you, you know, and, and you have an opportunity to bring them to services like this and be a part of this church, then obviously we want you to do that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's wise. That's good. If you've got other family members, grandparents or uncles and aunts, whoever, that they are, they're spiritual people and, and they are good influences, then all the better. But nobody else has the responsibility for your children like you do as a parent. Amen. Amen. And I'm convinced in my heart that that's one of the things we will stand in judgment for. There are no perfect parents, by the way. So we're not trying to tell you that uh, if you just do like we do, everything's right. great. No, that's not what we're saying at all. We're just trying to look at biblical principles. And if you need to make an adjustment, then make an adjustment. Yeah. If something is past and you see, well, I, I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that. And if you need to say, Lord, forgive me, then say it. And you know what? He will. He's he, a he promised he will. And He's so, you know, it's not over. We can believe God to go to the next level. Can I read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 21? And um, this is um, uh, the Old Testament, of course. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. And as we often say, Deuteronomy was Moses' last major message to the children of Israel. A long message. So I'm sure they were tired whenever they got to the end of it. But uh, he had so many things he wanted to say to them. And listen to this particular passage, what he spoke to them. He said, Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. The old King James says, the days of heaven on the earth. And so you can have heaven in your house if you will give yourself to the word of God as this describes. Now, before we go any further, you already can know and you, you realize this. This is pretty radical. This is not what most people do. This is not what most church people do. But if you will dare to be different, if you will dare to be bold, if you will dare to put the spiritual aspects of life first Mm -hmm. and give your children, first thing on our list tonight, give them a knowledge of God. A knowledge of God. They need to know the scripture. You know, uh, when my parents got born again in 1962 and they started going to church, I had just turned five in September. They were born again in November. So I was uh, really small. I just started the first grade, actually got to go a little early before I even turned five. And so um, this became our life. 
you know, we, we didn't miss church. We didn't, we didn't take sabbaticals from church. I mean, we took some vacations and a few things like that. But if we were in town and we weren't half dead, we were at church. <laughs> and my dad worked in nights from those early years. And so my mother would take myself and Tawana, my sister, she would take us by herself to church. Sometimes we'd ride with uh, some other church folks, you know, in the same car. I remember there was an older gentleman. Sometimes we'd ride with him, and he had this huge, big red Ford. But this was in the 60s. No air conditioning, you know, big old cars. Remember those? Some of you remember those. And he also liked to smoke cigars. It's not a whole lot of fun being in a car with somebody smoking a cigar. But anyway, um, uh, we would go. And uh, what I'm trying to really get to here is that as a kid, I didn't understand everything they were saying. Because the churches we went to in those days, their, their children's programs were very limited. You had the Sunday school on Sunday, but on the midweek service, everybody was together every week. And so these old guys would get up there and talk. And they had one guy, you know, he was, he was a retired school teacher and well-respected in the community. Everybody knew him. And sometimes he, he wasn't a member of, of the church we would go to at that time, but he would sometimes visit. And so they would get him to do the lesson on Wednesday. And I'd never been more bored in all my life. And... <laughs> He was a good man, and I'm sure he said good things. But my whole point is this. I got something, mm -hmm. even if I didn't remember every word. There's an impartation made. We're going to have family Sunday this Sunday. People may wonder why we do that. And I'm sure that in the past, maybe, maybe not so much now, but there's in the past probably been people that just they didn't come. But what you fail to realize when you do that is your children are spirit beings. And though their minds may not be mature enough to grasp everything, they may not understand all the terminology, and they may not understand all the wherefore and why for that we do certain things. Their spirits are open, and they are, they are getting things poured into them that will last for the rest of their lives. Amen. And that is the parent's job. That's what the parents are supposed to do. And so you can go okay. from there. I wanted to say, you know, the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, it said, uh, I would not leave you comfortless, mm -hmm. but I'll come to you and I'll help you. And um, it's important as parents to seek the Holy Spirit. You know, there are things that could possibly go on in your house or in, uh, that your children would get involved with that you don't you don't know about and the Holy Spirit is there to teach you and to show you yes. things that you don't know in your mind because first of all you think the best are your children don't you you don't think they would ever disobey or go to a place where they shouldn't be you know that they're always going to do the right thing but they don't always and so uh, we have comfort <clears throat> knowing that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. I've had that happen lots of times bringing up uh, my children. And uh, it's, it's, there's no way I can put value on that, that you pray over them, you pray in the Holy Ghost, and you listen to the Lord because he can show you things. And the reason 
that you want those things uncovered, even though, you know, they hurt you to know that, that you know, something's gone on that shouldn't. The reason that the Holy Spirit will show you those things is because he wants that child restored and brought right back Amen. into fellowship with you and with him. And so correction is not all about, you know, just, um, you know, punishment. punishment. It's about restoring them back to fellowship. And so uh, I always want to remember that, you know, when the Holy Ghost uncovers something, that's a great thing. You know, you can nip it when it's tender and young, and you can set them on a course that's right. So the reason we discipline, the reason we correct, is to restore fellowship, to put them in the right position that God had intended them to be in. The Holy Spirit is your helper Amen. in raising children. We need to teach both by instruction or precept and by example. Children have this very powerful radar. They do. They uh, can spot a phony. About phonies and hypocrites. Um, many times they'll see through uh, a charade, a fraud, before you will as an adult. Uh, sometimes we adults can get blinded by our preconceived ideas and, and, and truly I think what happens to us sometimes is we want things to be the way we want them to be. Mm -hmm. And we don't like to deal with things when, you know, it's not good. Kids see. Daniel can spot them <laughs> far off. Yeah. <laughs> Preacher's kids, they, they see a lot of things. Now, Jason and Dina did an amazing and great job with this, I'm, so I'm not going to take a lot of time, but just to reiterate this list. We need to teach our children love, agape, the God kind of love, faith, how to use their faith, how to believe God, and integrity. And the reason integrity is in the mix is because you'll never be a person of faith if you're not a person of integrity. Liars don't do faith very well because faith is based on integrity mm -hmm. and faithfulness we need to teach our children to be faithful to the house of God that's what I was talking about a while ago my parents did for, for me and I'm so grateful and a lot of those times I didn't want to go you know I'm a, I was a kid kids are kids and I would be sitting there thinking when is this going to be over and, and on those days the kind of churches we would go to I mean this was a different day a different era but you know, sometimes people would sing and they couldn't sing well. And I mean, there's just hardly anything worse than listening to singing this bad, music this bad. Um, and so, you know, uh, uh, but if nothing else on those particular nights or days, what it taught me was to be faithful to the house of God. And to this very day, uh, it is a, it, it is a um, challenge for me to even cancel a service. I mean, I, I'm always second-guessing myself. What's one reason we cancel when we have to on account of weather or something that's usually maybe should do it earlier to get people more notice. But I figure people need to get up and take a shower anyway. And so, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, because it's just ingrained in me, you know. You just don't miss. You, you, you're just there. And um, because when you miss, you miss something. 
I promise you. So we teach them to be faithful to the house of God. Teach them to praise and worship God. Amen. That's another reason we do Family Sunday. Because I'm going to be honest with you. We, we want to put you, as well as myself, on the spot. Not just the people on the platform, but all of us. Your kids and grandkids need to see you praise the Lord. They need to hear you. You know, they, they need to know that this is, this is what we do. This is life for us. Teach them to praise and worship God. Teach them to tithe and give. Again, Jason and Dina talked about that. Uh, but teach them from a, an early age how to figure 10%. And no kid in the world that's 8 or 10 years old wants to give 10% of what they have away. And so if you can teach them to get past that hurdle mm -hmm. when we're talking about a $10 gift that somebody gave them for their birthday or something. If you can teach them to be faithful there, then someday when they're making $1,000 a week, they'll easy. still remember $100 goes to the Lord. Teach them to tithe, teach them to give, teach them to pray and then obey. Don't make the mistake of teaching your children that prayer is just an emergency call. That prayer is only a 911 thing. Teach them, of course, to pray if they're in trouble. To pray about needs. But also teach them to pray to learn to hear God. And that when they feel led of the Lord to do something, that they should obey. Will they miss it? Well, my, my answer is a question. Have you ever missed it? Sure, we all have. And so we have to go through that whole process. If I thought that was the right thing and maybe I missed it, you just teach them what, you know, that God would rather you fail trying to do a good thing than to fail by being lazy and unable to hear from heaven. Amen. So teach them to pray and obey and teach them to love. Walk in love, the God kind of love, which means they're going to do some things for people when they don't want to do it, when they don't feel like doing it. They're going to treat people nicely, even when they're not treated nicely. Teach them to love and to use the Word of God. Teach them to live by faith. Amen. Amen. It's a lifestyle, isn't it? We're not going to get done tonight. We're going to have one more night of this next week because <laughs> we're just not going to make it. So anyway, go ahead. Okay, we have to give our children ourselves. We have to give them our time and our wisdom, our life lessons. You know, you can sit around and talk about, you know, maybe some of those times that you missed it. And, you know, it's a, it's a drill. It's an exercise. And the victories as well. Yes. Testify. Talk about you know, Don't just things. testify in church. Testify at home. Pass on your knowledge of God to your children. You know, uh, you can give them things, you know, a bicycle, a wagon, um, a car, a car, a ham, or a, a ham a, sandwich, a slingshot, or whatever. <laughs> you know, you can give them uh, gifts, but usually those things uh, are gone within a few months. You know, but if you uh, give them these things that I just mentioned, those things will change their life, and uh, and they need you more than they need. Things. That's right. So we give them first the knowledge of God, and then secondly, we give them ourselves. Your kids would rather have you as the stuff that you could buy. Amen. Now, they may not say that, 
especially if they've crossed the threshold into the teenage years. That may not be something they would even agree with at the moment. But one of these days they will look back and realize that, like Lena said, the stuff, you know, the tennis shoes, the clothes, mm-hmm. the whatever, all that stuff, you know, it, it fell out of style. It, it, it's gone. Just temporary things. But the memories that you give them when you gave them yourself is, is some of the most valuable things you can ever give your kids. And as we said earlier, so far none of these things have really cost you any money. They've cost you time. They've cost you effort. They require patience, long-suffering. They require that you're led by the Spirit. But that's what the Christian life is about. And, and don't, don't ever make the mistake. And maybe from time to time, maybe we all have, maybe, maybe you haven't, but many of us probably have, and I'm sure I've been guilty. But sometimes maybe we've, we've made a mistake of being so careful about somebody else's feelings or somebody else's um, uh, needs or whatever or desires and maybe more than we even did our own children, our own family. And uh, we need to be careful because those other kids, they're not your kids. Your kids are your kids. And I don't mean become possessive and, you know, uh, obsessive and do crazy things, but but uh, you need to give them yourself. Yes, you do. Amen. You need to, um, you need to uh, let them see a good marriage. You know, uh, that their daddy loves their mama and mama loves the daddy. A stable, loving relationship between mom and dad is one of the most stabilizing factors in a child's development. Let me say this too, and it's a it's a statistically proven fact that uh, in in homes where there is where there where there aren't two parents, there's far greater uh, chance that the kids will suffer and get in trouble. That's I'm not saying that to put anybody in a box and make anybody feel bad. You know, I know that sometimes marriages have failed, and sometimes things go wrong, and and on some occasions, it's better that, let's say, for instance, an abusive husband, an abusive father, it's better that he would be out of the house. But under a normal and ideal situation, um, you, you want two parents. You want a mom and a dad. And so that stable, loving relationship between mom and dad is, is as Glenna said, one of the most stabilizing factors in a child's development. You can't put a price on how powerful and important it is that you love your spouse and your kids know it. Amen. That you're not sarcastic and backbiting and hateful behind their back. That you don't, uh, you know, you need to be very careful that you don't allow you and a child or children to kind of gang up on the, the wife or the husband and belittle them or whatever. And you know, um, sadly, there's almost nothing, at least in modern media, that, that will teach you this. Starting back somewhere in the late 60s to particularly the 70s, well, I mean, we, we grew up in the 70s, we got married in 1975, and in those years in the early 70s, 
I remember uh, part of the dating that we would do is I would go over to Glenna's house on Friday. You've got to realize where we lived was in the middle of nowhere. I mean, where we, where we lived at the time, you had to drive seven miles to, to, you know. I mean, if it was, well, you couldn't get anything late. Everything closed. And uh, you, you could get a, something a few miles away, but it's very limited. You know, like, uh, so, so my point is, we would date, basically, I would go to her house. And um, so we would watch television and, you know, what, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, in those days, all we had to do was be together. That was enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, somehow, she wants more. <laughs> but, but anyway, <laughs> but my, what, I, what I want to get to is um, uh, we would watch TV with her dad. Mostly, her mom watched some, but her dad, he, you know, he worked uh, Monday through Friday, so he worked all day. And so Friday evening, he would sit around. In those early days, he would sit around and chew his tobacco and watch TV. <laughs> and um, so that's when all those programs started coming on, those sitcoms about families and all kinds of things. And uh, over time, you saw a pattern. The pattern was... Men were portrayed as the problem. Mm -hmm. Husbands were portrayed as inept, almost ignorant. Um, People were constantly lying to each other. I mean, really, when you think about it, we laughed and hee-hawed at some of the stuff that was going on, but they were portraying a picture of dysfunctional families. Mm -hmm. I know I was convicted one time whenever... Uh, Jennifer was asked here in Appomattox County High School, she was asked for a quote for the yearbook, and they said, uh, what cartoon character most reminds you of your dad? And she said, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> so Ella calls him the boss baby. <laughs> <laughs> if you know that movie, you can see that, can't you? <laughs> Well, I still had some hair when Fred was. But anyway, I got to thinking, well, Fred Flintstone always lies to Wilma. He's always scheming something. And I thought, that's not a good example at all. But anyway, our cult. She, she leaned over to me one Sunday and she said, Poppy is the boss baby. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, at least the boss baby's well dressed out of giving that. That's right. Uh, but anyhow, um, where was I? <laughs> oh yeah. So we don't we don't have really a lot of uh, role good role models in the media. So the church has to step up and fill that void. These young men around here, these they might call them boys, but I would prefer to call them young men. They need to see these men of God here come with their wives, worshiping the Lord. That when the offering bucket goes by, they're putting something in there. And all this is a picture. All this is important for the next generation. It's a drill. It, it is. And life. so we teach yeah. a lifestyle by giving ourselves to our children. And you're going to have to veer off the, the pattern of the world. It's a crazy pattern, and it's getting crazier by the day. And you're just going to have to choose to be different. And whatever that takes then make sure that, that, that you get it done. We're going to cover this one. We're going to have to quit. We're running out of time. Okay. We will do this one more 
We've got a lot more to go. So we will have next week. And the week after that, Brother Derek Darden is going to be ministering for us. So uh, that would be a good day, good, good evening for everybody. But let's go over this one really fast. And um, go ahead. Okay. Uh, you know, we had said that, uh, that, that a good relationship between a mom and dad is one of the most stabilizing factors in a child's development. Walking in love, God's kind of love. You know, uh, even the Bible says those whom he loves, he corrects. So correction is not a, a negative thing. It should not be a negative thing. Uh, we teach them God's kind of love. And being affectionate in their presence is important for their security and their training. You know, I, I mentioned the love walk and teaching them the love walk. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean they're won't ever be a conflict in your home between your parent the man and the woman there your could kid. there could arise a, uh, there disagreement. could arise a disagreement and so you're actually teaching when you uh, handle those things through right. the through the love of God and you teach them conflict resolution yes and if you want to teach them what not to do, just start that my way or the highway stuff, and you will find out pretty quick. You can hit the highway. Yeah. You sure can. 